Hello and welcome to the ALC Pan-African Radio's Talking Africa program. Talking Africa provides in-depth interviews with experts and other actors in the field of peace and security in Africa. Hello, I'm Desmond Davis. My guest today is Kojo Yanka, the former government minister in Ghana and founder of the Pan-African World Heritage Museum, which was launched virtually on September 21 and will be based in Ghana. Uh, could you, Yanka, could you tell us a bit about this wonderful uh, museum? Yes, David. That's uh, one. This is uh, an initiative to one give us the opportunity to tell the history about ourselves as Africans. And when I say Africans, I do not mean just those on the continent, but all those people of African descent who, for one reason or the other, have been taken out of the continent and living in the diaspora. So we need to tell our story. Uh, we have been miseducated about ourselves. We have not been told about ourselves in our history books. And it is important for us to now reclaim the opportunity to tell our own story. So that's one. Uh, two, we have a lot of opportunities in various uh, places where you find that the self-confidence of the black is not very high. And this is all partly because of a systemic uh, inferiority complex that we have inherited over, 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 over the period. So there is, of course, white supremacy for lack of a better term and therefore, this low level of self-confidence has uh, also affected a lot of the way people of black descent uh, are treated or look at themselves. We believe that this museum will provide the opportunity for Africa's heroes, heroines, role models uh, to be showcased, to inspire a lot of uh, the youth, particularly, who visit the, the, uh, the inside of the museum. Mm -hmm. So we are telling our own story, and we are giving the opportunity for us to know about ourselves from the time of uh, world civilization, uh, from the creation of man up till today. So basically, that is the story in the museum. Yes, so, so, so what you say really it's an institution that will try to tackle the mental slavery in which uh, black people are still held, isn't it? Precisely. Precisely. There is so much uh, mental agony. Uh, it's, 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 it's an enslavement of the mind, uh, which even has affected the way we, uh, we think. And I, I always say that we people, we have our thought processes, begin with quoting what uh, you know, white people said. We never quote our own people, yes. even our academics, our scholars, our intellectuals. Let them do anything, anywhere to uh, show off their academic prowess. We quote all the best uh, so-called uh, Western uh, philosophers. We forget that we have African philosophers. We forget we have indigenous knowledge. We forget we have people in our, our uh, history and in our circumstances 
who resisted colonialism, who, who fought very hard for the black man to continue to live as we are living now. We, we don't pay respect to them. And uh, it is an opportunity to now honor them, know them, know what they said, and uh, inspire ourselves with it. Yes, the, the, the museum, of course, has an academic council. Maybe this will help to, to, to change or to challenge the, the, the narrative. That has been Precisely. That's the reason why we formed the 30-member academic council. But we needed historians, African historians, uh, who have written and, and also challenged the old version of our history and who are very much confident about what they are saying, backed by all the researchers that are available now, who form the Academic Council. And they are from various uh, parts of the Pan-African world. And they, they meet once a month. And they, are, they have already dictated how the digital museum should go. And they will continue to exist to provide a lot of education uh, when the museum itself is on the ground. How big will the museum be? I mean, will it be able to accommodate the huge uh, African historical artifacts and other things? Yes, let me say that the museum itself will sit on a, on a one-acre plot. In Ghana? And then... Where in Ghana? Beg your pardon? Where, where in Ghana? Oh, this is in the uh, central region of Ghana, between Accra and Cape Coast. So those who go to Cape Coast will see that it's a stopover. And uh, we have about five acres around the museum to do other things. Yes. For example, apart from the um, history and uh, the cultural artifacts that will go inside of the museum, we have uh, an acre and a half plot of a garden of sculptures. Yes. And so we're going to put sculptures of all our heroes. We may have to extend it because even up to now, uh, we are getting names of a lot of uh, our heroes and heroines who have been forgotten in history or hidden in history, and we are bringing them all up to be sculpted. So they, that will be a whole garden where people can spend minutes and hours just learning about our own heroes and heroines who were, who were lost in history. Then we will have a garden uh, another area, a two-acre space of the Palace of African Kingdoms. Now, we as Africans, we hear about certain kingdoms, both ancient and modern, uh, only in history books. But what were they like? We talk about the Ghana, Songhai, some, some um, Mali empires, and then we talk about the old um, Egyptian kingdoms, Ethiopian kingdom, Nubian kingdoms, and then there are the modern ones that uh, currently are even struggling to survive. We should bring them out. So we will have a you know, replicate of all those kingdoms. And we'll have curators in those kingdoms teaching about the history, the culture, the philosophy behind those kingdoms. We will have uh, exhibits of uh, artifacts from the, all these kingdoms. And then we will also provide space for entertainment from the kingdom. So that if it's a Zulu kingdom, you, you, you have a curator who will tell about Zulu kingdom. We tell about what goes on there. What are the arts and crafts in the kingdom? 
what is the menu? We'll have a restaurant and we will have certain days that we will devote to kingdoms to, uh, for us to celebrate them. So that is another area. And then, of course, the final area is the herbal, herbal plants uh, farm. We have a three-acre herbal plants farm to bring all the herbal plants from Africa that we have been cutting off. I mean, these are herbal plants that took care of our ancestors all these years. And WHO says that 60% of people of, uh, of Africans still live on local herbs. So why don't we uh, bring them out and then help to scientifically teach ourselves about these herbs and provide opportunities for some um, research to be done on the sports. We, again, we'll have curators who are teaching people what kind of herbs. All the herbal plants will be labeled and we will have a classroom for teaching about herbs. And then even the more interesting aspect, we will have chalets built within the plant farm so people can live there. And, and, and really enjoy and experience what it means to be African. Yes, well, indeed, coming back to the herbal plant, in the West these days, I mean, they get all the uh, supplements and uh, all the herbal medicine from, from Africa. I mean, I'm, I'm told so, that uh, the African superfood uh, industry worldwide is worth $1 billion, but we are not, there you go. Africans are not benefiting from that aspect precisely precisely so this is where we really want to open the eyes of africans to what we have it's a billion dollar industry yes we are not benefiting uh, last week i we heard about bitter leaf which is common in nigeria every soup contains bitter leaf we now hear it's in capsules it's a big time in america yes you know so why? Why? And we are, we are just sitting in Africa and just cutting off the leaves. We have, we have a whole lot of other plants that are doing wonders in people's lives. And they are processed outside and sold back to us. Why can't we expose them? So these are some of the opportunities that we're going to give to visitors to the museum. So there's going to be a unique museum, as you can see. Yes. Uh what about the Africans in diaspora, those who were taken 400 years ago? I mean, do you have a uh, space for their own culture, for their own uh, lives? Oh, yes. oh yes. yes. We, have, we have researchers uh, who have done some work in the Indian Pacific, for example. Yes. We are going to have all of them. We have people in Puerto Rico, Colombia, uh, India, Turkey, Pakistan, the black communities. Yes. are all going to be invited to, to, to have their, their, you know, their culture represented in the museum. And it will interest a lot of people to see the similarities yes. you know, that there are amongst ourselves. So when we will have a place for Brazil, South America, for example, and you'll see how, how, how um, similar they are uh, their dances, their songs, their movements, 
are just like those from Nigeria or any part of West Africa. And th that would be the beauty. So we will have all of them replicated, you know, in the, in the, in the um, Palace of Kingdoms. Yes. And so we, we will have the opportunity then to see that, after all, it's not just us. We have 1.2 billion Africans on the continent and another 200 million outside. Can you imagine how big a force, yes. you know, we constitute in the world? So we'll bring, we, we will celebrate ourselves, we'll bring ourselves closer together, and it will be easy, therefore, for African Union, which has um, declared the diaspora as the sixth region, to feel, most, to feel stronger that you have such a backing from this large number of people. It will make it easy for the uh, unity of Africa to come forward. Yes, but far enough museums like the ones in the UK are under a cloud because of the uh, historical past of slavery and colonialism. Is it the right time to come up with the uh, Pan-African World Heritage Museum? Oh, this is most appropriate. Now, listen, I think um, we all suffered from uh, you know, education and education that told us that our history began uh, with slavery or with colonialism or, you know, when it's, it's, it's all a lie. So we will have something to sustain us. That after all, we, we have been lied about our, we have been lied to about our own history. We know very little. And so we will continue. This is going to be, there's not a library, sorry, uh, there's not a museum where you're going to just keep artifacts. It's going to be a living museum. We're going to continue to, 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 to vibrate, to, to give meaning to our living as a people. In fact, it will be a renaissance, more or less, to give us more life. Uh, and it's, it's not something that is going to stop because we'll give the youth the opportunity to express themselves. We, have, we will have a place for innovation and technology so that our youth can apply what they are seeing in the museum to the current. How do they make music out of it? How do they make um, technology out of it? How do they make films out of the, you know, the history and civilization of our people? So it's going to bring great opportunities uh, to, to, to the youth. It's not something that is going to die like other museums. ALC Pan-African Radio. Stay tuned. Welcome and, back. And My guest today is Kochi Yanka, a former government minister in Ghana and founder of the Pan-African World Heritage Museum, which was launched virtually on September 21 and based in Ghana. But the museum is not going to be rewriting history as it were. I mean, it's more or less reclaiming the narrative, isn't it? Right. Right. Claiming the narrative and not just claiming, but telling, giving us the opportunity to tell our own story. Yes. For example, there are, there are several versions of slave trade, but from whose point of view? This time is going to be from the point of view of African historians, yes. African scholars. Uh, it was not we 
who entered into slave trade, we, it, it was like our history interrupted. We had our own internal uh, slavery, slavery systems. But when it came to chattel slavery, for people to be chained, locked, and uh, sent out on the seas to other parts of the world, it was somebody else's economic venture. Yes. And we need to get that out very strongly. So we are not just reclaiming, we are also giving ourselves the opportunity to, re to tell our story. Yes, because that's, that's the point. When uh, black people complain about slavery, the argument is that Africans sold slavery, but African slavery was humane, unlike the, the Atlantic slavery, isn't it? Precisely, precisely. Big difference. I keep asking people, now, no African had the money even to buy a, a boat, let alone a ship. Yes. So who brought the ships? Who brought the boats? What was the reason? We know from history that those were the, that was a period of economic depression in Europe and America. Yes. So they needed, they needed labor. They needed all our... Um, all our people, all our resources and everything. That's why they came to our areas to get involved in what happened. So we need to tell that story. Yes. Uh, I mean, the museum is pushing African culture, black culture, but there's also an argument when non-black people adopt African culture, we hear this expression, cultural appropriation. I mean, that's not right, is it? to accuse other people of appropriating black culture. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't have a problem with, uh, with copying somebody's yeah. <laughs> culture. But yes. again, but don't abuse the culture. Um, we ourselves on the continent and even in the diaspora sometimes do not express ourselves the way we should. We rather copy other people's cultures. Yes. But we should be proud of our culture first so that when somebody is uh, copying, uh, he will know the richness behind it and not that they are copying blindly. Yes. Um, it is, it is, we should give ourselves the opportunity to, to be really proud of owning our culture and therefore, uh, if you want to copy, yes, you, you can, but don't abuse it. Yes. I mean, this is a huge project. How much will it cost? When, when will the building start and when will it end? Yeah, this, this project is going to cost 30 million US dollars. Yes. Uh, fundraising has already started. Uh, we have already got the uh, space. Uh, access road is, made, is being made. We are preparing the grounds. We also have a team doing the digital version of the museum right yeah. now. And um, they should be ready by the middle of next year so that we can put the digital version online for people to go there, visit, and see, get a teaser of what the museum is going to look like when it is open. In We are hoping that all things being equal, we will complete at the end of 2022 and then officially open it in 2023. Yes. You, you've been talking about uh, having meetings about uh, a conference next year in Ghana in July. 
I mean, what's that all about? Right. We, we are planning a conference in Ghana to reinforce our message. Yes. We are planning a conference in Ghana to bring along scholars, um, practitioners, people in technology, innovators, to now plan how do we bridge the gap using all those elements I've talked about. How do we bridge the gap through academia? We have the Association of African Universities that have come on board with us. Um, we also have HBCUs in America that have come on board with us. How do we use the academia to bring ourselves together? We will then go to the practitioners. How do we get writers, African writers and the Pan-African writers to get together? We are in touch with the Pan-African Writers Association uh, with, uh, with the new uh, Secretary General from Nigeria. He is very keen to join us. Yes. We have the uh, innovators hubs in various places. We are going to invite all of them to this conference so that together we will see, it, it's, we, we will use this conference not as a talking shop, but to take active steps to know ourselves, efforts, and to see how we can work together for the common goal of Africa. Yeah, but, but what about grassroots Africans? They're the ones that matter, not the academics, not the writers. No, no, that, that is the reason why it is not limited to academics. Yes. Uh, we're going to have the practitioners, the, 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 those, you know, those who are really the actors, yes. the filmmakers, those who really uh, have that opportunity of weaving uh, new ideas on people's minds. So as for the ordinary people, yes, they are, you know, we have mainly get interested in, the, in, in, in festivals. So... Yes. Because next year is also Panafest, we're yes. going to we are linking our program with Panafest, so that the presence will will will, will affect all the ordinary people who will come into into contact with our conference. See, the idea here is to is just the awakening the consciousness, and we believe that if we bring these writers, the filmmakers, the actors journalists, um, all the media houses together to tell the story we would have gone one step further before uh, the, 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 the museum itself is open. And through it, you know, we will get more ideas uh, for the museum space that we are creating. Yes. Uh, Ghana has always taken the lead in Pan-Africanism and last year was the year of the return, whereby uh, members of diaspora were welcomed the whole 2019. How did that work out? Oh, it, you know, last year, about one million visitors yes. came to Ghana and uh, it reawakened the Pan-African spirit that Ghana has always been in the forefront with. So it became, it's a, it's a big booster. Uh, to the Pan-African spirits. And that is why the government of Ghana has welcomed uh, our project and uh, has also promised to give support to, to it. So it is, it is indirectly a way of saying, hey, Pan-African is alive now and that we can continue 
uh, in the spirits and uh, standing on the shoulders of earlier uh, leaders uh, like Kwame Nkrumah, Nyerere, Gumbo Kenyatta, and others that have gone. So we will use the opportunity to, to revive it. But certainly, uh, the numbers are going up in Ghana, and not only uh, people visiting, people are also looking for opportunities to relocate and, and, and settle on the continent. Yes, you, you mentioned Kwame Nkrumah, who was a million light years ahead of African leaders, who spoke about African unity 60, 70 years ago. Uh, has he really been rehabilitated in Ghana and in the Pan-African world? Because after the coup, he, he, he was, his name was uh, Mud, more or less. So what is, what's the situation now regarding Kwame Nkrumah in terms of Pan-Africanism? I believe that it is a collective effort. I mean, all these uh, initiatives that we are undertaking, not necessarily by government, uh, but supported by government, indicate that all the things that Kwame Nkrumah said and all his colleagues are now, you know, living, living, living nuggets uh, for us to remember and bring them out. So through these conferences, through the museum, through various... Uh, collaborations through the Garden of um, Sculptors, through all the political and um, economic discussions. Yes. Everybody, we will have to base a lot of what we are doing now on what they said, even predicted years ago, you know, to see that, yes, um, 50 years ago, Kwame Nkrumah warned us that if we did not unite, our resources will be picked one by one. And it is happening, you know, now. Africa, we are going into an African continental free trade. And this is something Kwame Nkrumah talked about 50 years ago. Yes, yes. If we did not get together, it would be, it, you know, it would be too late and we'll find that. But, well, the, we are hoping that the African free trade agreement will go into effect next January. Uh, but it will be, you know, uh, it's, it's late in, in the day, but it's also uh, an acknowledgement of the fact that what Kwame Nkrumah said 50 years ago is a reality, and we will go back to it. Yeah, but, but, but that in itself, the African Free Trade Agreement is a problem, because look at how uh, Nigerian businessmen in Ghana have been treated. How can this work if... Yeah, Africans keep fighting each other and say you cannot yes. do business there, you cannot do business there. Because that's what it's all about, isn't it? The African Free Trade Agreement. It is. It is. You know, one of the saddest things that one is observing these days is the, the, the way we even look at each other, the way we treat each other. Yes. Here we are, we have signed an ECOWAS uh, treaty, but we have even signed protocols of free movement yes. of goods and but, you know, in reality, our policies are still so archaic. And, you know, it's, it, you can't sometimes believe it. Some of us grew up uh, in the 60s, and we had Nigerians, Liberians, Jelonians as classmates. We didn't really look at them as uh, from different countries. Until 1969, when some, another government called it the Aliens, Compliance order, and suddenly we're, we're talking about 
Nigerians, Liberians, Reunions as aliens. My yes. goodness. I mean, so again, th those are some of the things that you know governments do and you do not understand. So it, it, we, we have a lot of work to do to tell ourselves that, listen, we have had a united people. We, we were all divided by the 1884-1885 Berlin Conference. Yes. Our people next door speak the same language as we do. And they only, they call this one side French speaking, we call this one side English speaking. We need a lot of education. We think that what we have initiated is part of the process, that we should continue to educate ourselves, that these artificial boundaries are not helping us. How can Ghana and Nigeria be fighting each other? When my, my, my sister married a Nigerian, my, my daughter now is married to a Nigerian. Yes. I mean, it's, it does not make sense to some of us. And sometimes we forget that there are large, there are large numbers of Ghanaians also living in Nigeria. Yes. yes. So when governments are making policies, I wonder what they really look at. So it is for us to bring out some of these elements so yes. that we can help to shape people's minds, to reach yes. people's minds. As you said during the launch, um, the, the museum is to awaken the spirit of African ancestors who led them to struggle for independence and civil liberties. That's what right. you're hoping for. Precisely. Yes. Precisely. Precisely. Uh, Koji Yanka, former government minister of Ghana and founder of the Pan-African World Museum, which was launched virtually on September 21 and will be based in Ghana. Thank you very much. African Radio. For these and other programs, please visit our website at alcpanafricanradio.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Radio ALC and on Facebook at African Leadership Center. For feedback on these and other programs, please send an email to info at africanradio.com.